worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. We're live and local. I'm Jordan Miller. This is News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's Wednesday now. The Hall of Fame weekend is over things are settling down but how did the hall of fame uh do over the weekend we're going to speak now with rich DeRoser from the hall of fame rich how you doing i'm doing well how are you i'm doing great thanks for joining us this morning thanks for having me i just wanted to speak with you and find out what were your thoughts you was it as successful as you guys thought it would be doing two classes and not having it last year? Well, I think uh, knowing that we couldn't have it last year in any way other than virtual, and that decision was pretty easy to make because the guys themselves said that they wanted to experience Canton and uh, to just be around the other Hall of Famers. Then from that standpoint, it was a wild success to just see uh, well over a hundred Hall of Famers at the Gold Jacket ceremony, and uh, at different times, Saturday nights in Triman or Sunday nights in Triman. That's what the incoming new classes wanted to experience: uh, some good crowds, some big crowds. Uh, the weather cooperated. Uh, you know, a couple pop-up showers on Sunday and Monday, but not at uh, not at the worst times. Uh, at times that that we could deal with it and still have people have a great experience. So I would say uh, wildly successful, and thank you to the uh, all the volunteers in Canton and all the people who contributed to make it great. And, and, of course, every year we always hear from the guys. And Another thing they want to experience is that parade, to just see, you know, tens and tens and tens of thousands of people lining 30 blocks of Cleveland Avenue. You know, they that is something that very few of them have ever seen before. You guys had how many enshrinees, 28? Well, 28 new people came in in the two classes. There were actually 19 of those 28 people. There were 19 living members uh, between those two classes, so there were 19 speeches. Uh, but overall, yeah, 28 new members from 20, 20 in 2020 and 8 in 21. Okay. And would you guys ever do that many again? Or are you guys thinking this is more of just a one-off thing because of – uh, because of the situation that you guys were put in? Well, it wasn't a one-off because of the situation we were put in. It was a one-off largely because of treating the centennial class of 2020 in a special way. And and there were 20 in that class to coincide okay. uh, with the 100th uh, birthday of the NFL. We won't see that again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and maybe they'll do some in uh, – Twenty one twenty. We'll let we'll let the someone who comes well after me worry about that one. You're not going to leave no, notes in your desk for him. I, I you know, who knows? <laughs> I will, but they'll say, why did they put this on paper? <laughs> um, you know, we're, our bylaws allow for between four and eight, uh, and that's what you're going to see. You know, for the for the next three years, that's what the bylaws stipulate. You know, 
four years from now, might there be an adjustment? I, I, I highly doubt it. I think it still has to be selective. It still has to be meaningful. Uh, I think that's what the event is built to uh, support and have people want to stay for the duration of it. I think the shortened speeches this year contributed to a lot of fan satisfaction. Uh, Saturday night, even with a dozen speeches uh, and all of the fanfare that went with it, uh, it was over by 11 o'clock. And on uh, Sunday night, it was over by 10 o'clock. So, you know, that's what fans want to have happen too, is to be able to experience and, and stay for the duration and not get antsy and say, gosh, this is just going too long. Yeah. Cause I've been in the seats before where they're 35, 40 minute long speeches. Right. And, you know, Peyton Manning amongst a, a, a handful of others made comments about, Oh, I've only got so many minutes to speak, but you know what? Peyton, packed in plenty in, in the roughly nine plus minutes that he went and, 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 and several of the guys went well over the eight minutes. You know, we had talked about playing music to play them off the stage at eight minutes, but we didn't do that for anybody. We knew, you know, we had copies of their speeches, so we knew they were winding down and, and wouldn't filibuster for another 20 minutes. Um, you know, so many of the guys went uh, nine into the nine and 10 minute range, but it still felt right. They got a lot in. They made their points. Uh, they were poignant. They were funny. And if you had taken, uh, if you had taken any of those guys' ten-minute speeches and 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 added to it ten more minutes of thank yous, most of them would have lost their impact. And you know, having them have to refine it over and over is what made them partly partly what made them special. Now. I do have a question, and it might be public knowledge already, and I might just not know about it. How do you guys go about picking the teams? How was it the Cowboys and Steelers this year? I know last year you know, they were um, to play, but how do you guys year after year decide what two teams you're going to pick? That's a great question, and, and by and large, it, it does coincide with somebody who is in that class going in. So the class for 2022 will be selected uh, in Super Bowl week, and when we'll we'll look at that group, and and just for you know, let's let's fast forward a year and and hope that uh, Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns is elected in the class of 2023. And if he is, I would be willing to uh, bet a paycheck or two that we will extend an invitation to the Cleveland Browns to be one of the two teams. And that's how it was, you know, when the Centennial class of 2020 was picked. Uh, there were three members of the Steelers and two members of the Cowboys as part of that team. And so for that reason, we contacted those teams and said, would you like to be part of the game? And both said yes. And, and when the 2020 game was canceled, asked them if they would come back for 2021. And both said yes. So when we get that group of guys for the class of 2022, we'll look at you know what teams they represent. And if there's um, if there happens to be more than one, uh, from any, or, or, you know, more than one guy from any particular franchise, that's the first one we'll call and say, do you want to be part of that weekend and bring your whole team in for the game? So that's largely how it works. And if there's not a direct and natural connection that way, uh, there are teams that have said that they do want to play this game. And there's others, quite frankly, who aren't as eager to play that extra preseason game. But I also say moving forward, now that the NFL season is changing, uh, those preseason games are going to be more valuable to the teams than maybe they were a few years ago when it was uh, the fifth game 
you know, a lot of coaches think four is enough, five may be too much. It's just another opportunity for guys to get hurt. But when you're only playing two or three preseason games, uh, you are going to want to have the Hall of Fame game give you an extra opportunity to look at guys and make the decisions that these coaches have to make. So I think the Hall of Fame game is actually going to be more coveted as years uh, in the years going forward. Yeah, and you guys had a great turnout over um, the weekend throughout the whole um, event. So it has been, what, 23, 22 years since the Browns played in the Hall of Fame game? It was, the, it was it was the franchise's uh, the new franchise's debut was uh, uh, that nineteen ninety nine game and and uh, it was one of the highlights of the, the reemerging Browns. <laughs> well, hopefully they give us some new memories here soon. Yeah, I I think so, and and then that's another reason to you know to be looking at them besides that natural tie in if and when well when maybe it's it's more a question of when not if Joe Thomas is a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But hopefully the Browns are still in uh, you know some ascendancy here and and uh, a team that people are going to want to see besides people in Northeast Ohio. And I want to get to know you a little bit. This is our first time having a conversation. I'm getting acclimated with. Um, a lot of people like yourself in the area. And I understand that you're a former sports writer, sports editor for the Canton Rep and Akron Beacon. Is that correct? That is correct. I was, I was uh, well over 30 years, cough, cough, uh, mm-hmm. in the print newspaper business, uh, divided almost equally between Canton and Akron. And uh, I joke about not being able to hold a job because within those Two places. I did all kinds of different things in the newsroom: sports editor, business editor, local news editor, uh, editor, editor, uh, wrote editorials, answered phones, and even mopped a floor now and then. Hey, a, a guy that wore many hats. How was? How did writing and being in that editorial position? How did that transcend into your current role right now? Well, I do a lot of writing uh, for the Hall of Fame. Our, our website, uh, we, we try to get some fresh content on there every day, and, and myself and some others here are writing that content. We feature some of our Hall of Famers um, throughout the week, and then particularly on Sunday night, we launch a new series each week called The Gold Jacket Spotlight, where we put one of the Hall of Famers, uh, one of the older guys, uh, maybe hasn't been featured in quite some time just kind of bring them back out and reintroduce them to a new audience uh hopefully a new audience of fans to appreciate things that uh some of the older guys did you know our our oldest living hall of famer is charlie trippy who is 99 and uh you know played in the 40s not a lot of people around who saw him play or, or maybe even understand how special he was and why he's in the Hall of Fame. So the, the spotlight gives us an opportunity uh, to reintroduce him to fans. And, th- and I, that is something that I contribute to each week and something I look forward to doing. And that's something that you look forward to doing, but people now, they may look forward to you guys doing that. We hope so. We hope, we're, you know, and, and even the guys themselves, a few of them have reached back out to us and, and said, uh, "Hey, I really appreciate that you did that, and and uh, it was nice to get you know whatever. My my nephew saw this, my you know friend of a friend saw this, and it meant something to me that uh, that you guys haven't forgotten about me." Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Does um, 
when did does he still come to the Hall of Fame, or when did he stop uh, making his trips down? Do you know? You, you're talking about Charlie Trippy in particular. Yes. Why I'm not sure the last time he's been here. I don't think he's traveled much lately, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, COVID certainly kept a few people away. Uh, Jim Brown's always been a great ambassador of the Hall, and and a and an annual visitor, but he stayed away this year because uh, uh, of of concern over traveling when when COVID was uh, going through another spike here that we're all dealing with right now. And, and there were a few like him who chose not to travel this year, but, um, but they do really look forward to coming to Canton because they know the kind of reception that they're going to get from the fans here. And, and uh, you know, they just, they love to be introduced before the enshrinements. Uh, some participate in the parade every year. Uh, certainly we'd like to get more of them back and some of the younger guys coming back. And I think, that's something that Peyton and a couple other of the speakers alluded to is, you know, carrying that torch forward for uh, to keep football history uh, in the minds of the fans and to, you know, to not forget about the older guys. All right. Pro Football Hall of Fame's Rich DeRoser. Thanks for joining us, Rich. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. And uh, again, thanks to all the people at Canton who made this a great weekend.